the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The vine is a great deal of comfort and assurance taken from this well-known story from John's Gospel. The imagery of the vine and the branches lovingly tended by the vine grower, the vine dresser in some translations, seems to fit beautifully as a metaphor for God's relationship to us as individuals and between us as God's people in the church. It's a lovely image. The vine points to an image of God as nurturing. It highlights for us God's active involvement in assisting us to achieve all the possibilities that are available to us as individuals in this church. Because the vine is a deliberately cultivated plant. The vine grower actively manages it. The vine grower trains the vine to gain optimal results, which is the fruit that the vine bears. But it's a vine. And the nature of vines is that they are competitive. Vines strive to cover the greatest area they can. They contest with other vines, growing over and through other plants, often smothering them. And it's a blind competition to get more light, to get more sun, so that they can convert that energy into growth and into fruit. It's their nature. Vines, if left to their own devices, will produce fruit. That's what vines do. But the vine grower in Jesus' parable has greater expectations than that. Just producing fruit's not enough. Every branch that bears fruit, it says, is pruned to make it bear more fruit. The vine grower takes what the plant would naturally do and is, is able through its, his care to encourage a result from that plant that is beyond what it on its own would achieve. Jesus begins this parable with these words, I am the true vine, Jesus, and my father is the vine grower. Then he goes on in verse 4 and it says, Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me you can do nothing. The runners, which are the bits of the vine that actually bear the fruit, the runners um, of a vine do not have to choose to remain attached to the vine. But we are not plants. We have free will. So unlike a vine, we must choose to remain part of the vine. That means that in faith, we must submit to the work of the vine grower. We must submit to being trained 
to having our growth directed in a certain path, one that will optimise the fruit that we can bear, but also what others can bear. It takes great faith to abide in the vine, because we must trust the vine grower to do what vine growers do. There's a prayer that appears a number of times in the prayer book, and I use it every Friday at 12.15 Eucharist. It goes like this, God of mercy, you have given us grace to pray with one heart and one voice, and have promised to hear the prayers of two or three who agree in your name. Fulfill now, we pray, the prayers and longings of your people, as may be best for us and for your kingdom. Grant us in this world to know your truth and in the world to come to see your glory. Fulfill now, we pray, the prayers and longings of your people as may be best for us and for your kingdom. Every Friday, those words carry for me equal measure of comfort and challenge. Because those things that might be best for me and best for God's kingdom may well be things that might require me to submit to the nurturing care of the vine grower. If you've driven through any of the areas of New Zealand where they grow they grow grapes for wine, you'll know that vines are trained now to grow along wires. And this spacing optimises the amount of area available to the whole plant that's exposed to sunlight and improves the growth of the plant, improves the amount of fruit you can get from that plant. In our Christian lives, there can be areas of vigorous growth that take up our attention, monopolise our effort. But they may not be what is required for us to bear the best fruit. Or it may be that our uncontrolled growth, that in our uncontrolled growth, we are constraining the growth of another. And like a vine, we must submit to pruning. You must choose to allow the vine juicer to do what the vine juicer does. Allowing God to show us those areas of our lives that are detracting from the production of the fruit in our lives and in the lives of others. So now about this time you are beginning to think as I did as I was working my way through the scripture that maybe this whole vine and branches image is not quite as comforting as I first thought. But God wants to bring about the best fruit from each of us as individuals and from all of us collectively. So it seems to me that as I consider the work of the vine grower in this image that Jesus offers, for that to occur in each of our lives, this parable seems to suggest that we must be willing to submit to both being trained and being pruned for our own benefit and for the benefit of the vine as a whole. I don't think there's any way to make being trained and being pruned sound like fun. 
Both of those require sacrifice. Being trained as the vine means that we might need to not go where we have always gone. It means that we might, always get to, we might not always get to do what we have always done. Because we need to be learning something new or making space so that something, someone else can learn something new. But one thing about the nature of a vine is that any space we leave will be filled by new growth. Being pruned is the vine. I thought of all sorts of ways we could talk about this, but there is no other way. Being pruned means bits get cut off. Bits get cut off for our own good and for the good of others. Now as Christians, we are practiced at self-examination. We are. We do the confession every time we gather. And hopefully over time, with all that repetition of our self-examination, we learn to acknowledge those areas of our lives that we're not happy with. And these are areas that we would gladly submit to the vine grower to be pruned from us. But while pruning can remove parts of the vine that are damaged or diseased, pruning is also used to constrain growth in areas where it is not helpful. In a healthy vineyard, the prunings are most often healthy branches whose unrestrained growth is hindering the growth of others. Whether it is easy for us to acknowledge it or not, we all act in ways that, while preserving advantage for us, disadvantages others. We like being preferred. We like having benefits we feel we deserve. But that's just the nature of the vine, to strive for the most sun at the expense of others. Jesus goes on to explain the purpose of this training and pruning that we both in, so that we individually and collectively might bear more fruit. Jesus tells us the purpose of this is that my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. So the fruit that God is so actively engaged in encouraging in this parable is not the end in itself, but rather it is the path to becoming disciples of Jesus. No one likes to be trained. No one likes to be pruned. It doesn't sound like fun. But remember, the vine grower takes what the plant would naturally do and through his care and nurture, through training and pruning, is able to encourage a result that is far beyond what the plant on its own could achieve. If as Christians we believe what Jesus says in this parable that 
just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. If we want to believe that, then in faith we must strive to submit to the training and pruning that comes with it. It takes courageous faith to abide in the life. Courageous faith. Because to abide, to abide in the vine, we must trust that the vine grower knows better than we do what may be best for us and for the kingdom. <coughs>